Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Success Design on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. He is a, he is a Nashville attorney and also a, a very active philanthropist. His name is Cameron Hyder. He's also one of my high school friends, so be sure to give him a good welcome. He also became a lawyer so as well as me, so I'm so happy to have him <laughs> on the show today. Uh, today we're going to talk about some of his philanthropic work, so let's dive right in. Cameron, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you were able to take a few minutes out of your day to join us today. Thanks, Beth. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Well, yeah, great. We're great. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I love to have fellow attorneys on because we always have different perspectives on how we how we do everything and and looking at your resume you not only practice law as an assistant attorney general which by the way congratulations on that great position thank um, you but you also work with so many different groups um we talked over the weekend and we actually narrowed it down to three to talk about today um yes. but feel free to jump in there and tell us more about some of the stuff you're doing if you see that uh if you see an opening you say i want to talk about um, some more stuff that I've done. So don't, don't hold that. So okay. um, why don't deal. you just give us? <laughs> why don't you give us a, a sort of a brief overview of yourself and and uh, in Tennessee, of course, which is my hometown, and your beautiful uh, city of Nashville. So why don't why don't I just let you start and we'll just go from there. Great. Well, um, I moved to Nashville about five years ago. I was in private practice for a couple of years back in our hometown of Elizabethan in northeast Tennessee, the beautiful Appalachian Mountains, and uh, made the move to Nashville for my appointment to the Attorney General's office and absolutely loved the job. Um, I mostly handle criminal appeals, and uh, we deal with a lot of a lot of different crimes and cases that come through the 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 courts and so forth, and um, I've luckily been able to, to broaden my scope and, and teach actually criminal law and the criminal court system at a local university here in, in Nashville, Trevecca Nazarene University, which is a tremendous uh, small private school that I really enjoy. But and the move to Nashville has really opened a lot of doors for the philanthropic adventures that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say that from your Biography, if I remember, you actually received a Teaching Excellence Award for your work at the um, at the school. So I, just I did. Mention. I was quite I was quite surprised by that. It's voted on by the students, and I I received that award at the last banquet this year. I believe it was in January. So didn't didn't expect that. <laughs> well, congratulations! Nice I wanted to, to plug that in because you know I'm also a, a teacher. I teach on yes. at the university. Phoenix online, so most of my work, if not all my work, is online, and I love it. and um, And I wanted to to plug your your uh, your award as well because to be voted on by the the students is quite an honor. Because a lot of times students, it is teaching <laughs> is great. It's really rewarding. Yeah, and a lot of times um, students' views are are actually the most accurate. So, so go ahead, go ahead. What were you saying? You, you you're also a teacher as well as um, an assistant attorney general. Um, So how in the world do you find time to do all of these things which we had to narrow down? (laughs) Well, sometimes I I, I try to figure that out in my head, and I've not come to a good conclusion. I stay quite busy, so I'm I'm very excited to have a night off from time to time. But Nashville is really 
a tremendous philanthropic town, and anyone who is familiar with Nashville knows that firsthand. Um, we have tremendous organizations and, and are really rewarded with great people who work hard in the community. Um, so I've actually been able to venture into some of these areas and have landed in a, in a few um, organizations in which I serve as a member of the board of directors and actively participate volunteering, and I, I love every minute of it. Well, that's that's great. Um, I actually uh, share your same uh, uh, love for volunteering. I think it's not only um, a privilege, but I believe that it's 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 um, incumbent, especially as lawyers. You know, we do our mm-hmm. reporting every year of how much pro bono work we've done, and I do my right. share of of legal pro bono work. Um, I like doing um, other pro bono work as well. I was um, actually elected to the board of directors for the Ronald McDonald House here in Tallahassee. Uh, That's super. uh, Thank you so much. And we're doing things. I've already been put of a committee, co-chair. I'm I'm just other girl who works in the office here. And, it's, and she's just tremendous. And um, her name's Karen Smith, so I'll plug her. <laughs> uh, she, she's fabulous. Uh, she's a great co-chair with the Ronald McDonald House. And uh, and anyways, it's a really a, it's a really great feeling every time I go to a meeting or a, or an event. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. So uh, well, I'm and that's sure that's such a great organization because it serves so many kids and so many well-deserved families. And that's what. I've really been blessed with here in Nashville is to be able to be involved in some organizations that serve kids because that's, as you know, and as we've discussed before, one of my passions is to help uh, help children, underprivileged children, and, and also just children who need their voices to be heard. And so it's it's been a great honor for me to uh, rotate onto the board of directors of an organization here established here in Middle Tennessee called Our Kids. And that's our kids is an unbelievable organization that provides expert medical evaluations and crisis counseling services for children when there's allegations or concerns of child sexual abuse and and other forms of, of child abuse. And it also increases community awareness. So I share that that desire with you to to help out with organizations that serve children. Right, right. Um, and and when was Our Kids developed? Is it just a national organization, or is it like nationwide? It is. It's a it's it's a, a Middle Tennessee organization. Actually, the main office is here in Nashville, and we have satellite offices in Manchester, Clarksville, Cookville, and Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And as a board, we it's really a tremendous board to serve on, and and we have a wonderful. Um, a wonderful reputation in Middle Tennessee, and it's such a pleasure to see these people and work with these people throughout the year and see the changes they're making and seeing how they're helping children and, and raising community awareness. And, and the staff at Our Kids is, is truly a, a remarkable and spirited group of people. And so I've had the great honor to be involved in the past two years. And of course, we're just more of a governing board, but we also are very hands-on with the activities and different fundraisers and and events that we hold throughout the year. That's that's terrific. I, I've actually never heard of an organization that provides this type of services. So to hear that there's someone out there that is um, that's for the kids, mm-hmm. um, for for the children. That's actually what I um, titled this interview was was for the children because. 
um, so much of your work is is for them. And you know, children are are helpless um, unless someone takes their side. And um, the other, you probably have a guardian at Leiden program up there um, in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah um, we do. And it's really big here in Florida, and unfortunately, I just haven't had the time to get involved with it. But several of my colleagues who aren't even lawyers are guardian ad litems mm-hmm. uh, to to protect uh, the children's interests. So um, that's that's what I've had, you know, the experience with is is dealing is uh, is speaking with them and 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 the friendship I have with with those remarkable women that do it. Um, and, and and men, of course, but the the women the people I know are all women. But um, right. But um, tell me a little bit more about the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I only ask because I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I've heard of the disease, of course, but I'm not quite, you know, quite sure what the disease is. Well, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is actually a national organization, so um, it gives an opportunity to your listeners to be very involved. Uh, their website is www.cff.org. And it's a very easy website to navigate. You can get on there and find a chapter that's close to you. But cystic fibrosis, as the disease, is an inherited chronic disease that affects the lungs and digestive system. Um, as, as of right now, it affects about 30,000 children and adults in the United States and about mm-hmm. seventy to 75,000 worldwide. There's a lot of uh, challenges with this disease, and I, I came to know more about this when I moved to Nashville through the Middle Tennessee Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and getting involved with the with what we call the Circle of Hope program, which introduces us to the disease, and also have a, a wonderful dear friend who I love so much. Uh, her name is Marissa Bencha, and she's actually the president of the board of directors here in Middle Tennessee for the, for CFF, and she um, has the disease. and And through her and having a relationship with her, I've, I've seen this. Uh, up close and personal, so it's a very near and dear cause to my heart. But um, it's a very important area for people to understand this disease because most of the people who have it are diagnosed when they're young children. And again, uh, you're dealing with children who are dealing with a very life-threatening disease and have to deal with a lot of therapy and a lot of different drugs that they have to take over their lifetime. Wow. Wow, that must be a, a very difficult thing to um, to see and to to experience with a friend um, who um, who you know is willing to share her her experiences with you. It is, and it's it's really a blessing because you know as I've become more involved with the Middle Tennessee Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, I rolled onto the board this year. Um, I've, I've volunteered with them for several years now. Again, it's just another tremendous organization, and this is where you really see how blessed we are to have so many people in in our community and and area that that care about stuff like this and really put all of themselves into it. And really every day we're fighting for a cure and we're looking for a cure, and there's no doubt in our minds, um, our optimistic minds, that there will be a cure one day, and that's that's what we're all gearing for. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, one of the um, organizations that I've been involved with is the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and their big thing is they want to have a cure by 2015. Yes. It's, it's very ambitious, but I've met with um, um, PhDs and MDs from Moffitt, which is a, a big cancer research center in Tampa, and they've, they've testified before the legislature here, and I've testified as well, 
um, which you probably know, you know, that I lost my father to lymphoma. Uh, right, I remember that. And uh, I was I was the very end of my seventh grade year, so you would have been in sixth grade, I guess. Yeah. So it was my way of, of well, of course, giving back, but also of giving honor to him. Um, I served as honorary chair of their Life and Night Walk here in Tallahassee. So um, uh, one of the the things that they um, they which I, I spoke before the legislature about my daddy's experience and all that, mm-hmm. you know, but they had PhDs there and MDs there who spoke about. Um, the cure and you know finding the cure and knowing that with the help of, and funding from legislature they were going to get it and uh you know it, it's and the, with lobbying it's a very long process I, you probably know that. right right <laughs> so, yeah it takes a while <laughs> yeah to get that you know to get the money that that they need to do it but um i think along with you know diseases like cystic fibrosis and, and cancers like uh, blood cancers like lymphoma and leukemia we're very very close to to getting a cure for these i think we're really really close um there's um I don't know if you've ever read that book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Think and Grow was it Think and Grow I'm Rich? I'm familiar with it, but you I should, haven't read it yet. You should read it. it. It will really it almost will change your life. It's a it's mm-hmm. a tremendous book. And it's about this he tells the story about this guy who quits three feet before he was about to reach gold. And the guy that came behind him got the gold. <laughs> and I feel right, like right. We're, we're I feel like we're three feet from that goal gold and you know we're going to like if we can't give up because it's right there i mean the cure to exactly the cure to all these things are right there Uh uh-huh that's what's so important and i'm so excited that you are that involved with that too i've I've followed your involvement with it you know throughout the the time on facebook and and all that so i'm very excited to see how involved you are with that because it is it takes it takes people to to give spare time and and you know, all of us are touched by different things with with different family members or different friends. But I'm always even more moved when I meet people who are not necessarily personally touched by the disease or by the the situation that the organization serves, and but they're just doing it because they're aware of the needs and aware mm-hmm. of of the the hope that we all have for these different diseases and and the cures for the diseases. So. Yeah, um, these doctors that, that that I spoke with, those are the most um, inspirational people because, I mean, they see day in day out people suffering and dying from, from uh, the cancers, different the different blood cancers, but they are they're so passionate about finding the cure and and you know they a lot of them you know don't necessarily have you know a personal stake in that they didn't really get into it because of a family member but they they got Why? into it because they saw the suffering within their own practice or or something like exactly. that exactly exactly and for these diseases to affect children it's a it's, it's another area um you know when we think about serving children and helping children we often think of of the obvious um of disease and and abuse and so forth, but there are also children who are affected by these diseases with parents and with siblings, and they need focus as well, and that's what's so tremendous about some of these organizations is that they have those type of programs to um, really support those who are the kind of the, the first tier of, of affectees, so to speak, in, mm-hmm. the, in the disease. So. Absolutely, and and they definitely need the support. Well, let's let's change gears and let's move to something that's really inspirational. Um, 
because I like my my show to be to to people to leave the show with with some inspiration and the next thing is your involvement with youth leadership, which is near and dear to my heart because I feel like if I had never gotten involved with different organizations that promoted youth leadership when I was um the age that you remember me. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> In high school. <laughs> high school and junior high. Um, that that I may not have went on and became an attorney and you know, and done the right. things I had done. Right. And you were um you were actually past president and Leadership Seminar Co-Chair for the Tennessee, the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Foundation, which I do believe is in other states as well. Is that correct? That's correct. It's actually an international organization. And um, I was lucky enough to start with this program as a high school sophomore because I was actually an ambassador to the Tennessee uh, Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Seminar here in Nashville back in 1994. Um, at Belmont University, and, you know, first off, I have to say I would be remiss to to not proceed with this without saying that it was really my parents who allowed me to open up these opportunities, and they opened the doors for me to go to all of these leadership-type programs and seminars, and they were very supportive in that. And so I had been to a few, but I started, I did this one in 1994, and basically what uh, Hobie, for short, what it is, um, it's an international organization that was started by Hugh O'Brien, who was an actor in the 1950s and 60s and played Wyatt Earp. Of course, he's been in other programs, but most people know him associated with Wyatt Earp. And he had a life-changing meeting with Dr. Albert Schweitzer in Africa in the 50s, and Dr. Schweitzer challenged him to come back to America and establish a, a program that would help young people. And Mr. O'Brien then decided to proceed with establishing Hobie. And he determined that the high school sophomores were the ones that he wanted to focus on because freshmen get all the attention coming into high school and juniors are kind of prepping and preparing to get all of their college applications together and the seniors are all up on their pedestals with graduating and prom and everything. And so he's always said the sophomores were kind of the odd man out. So he established this organization, and it's a tremendous organization for high school sophomores across the world. And every year, every state, some states have two or three sites. Tennessee has one. And I was fortunate enough to get back involved in Tennessee in 2004 and was very involved with Hobie up until last year. And then I I took a step back because we were very excited. Um, Tennessee Hobie had taken a couple years sabbatical. When we started back in 2004, we started from the ground up, and last year was the first year that our students who came in 2004 were able to step up and take over the state uh, seminar. And so I had a wonderful time for those seven to eight years helping along with a, a wonderful volunteers growing and expanding Hobie, Tennessee, to where we reached 100 um, high school sophomores every year, and now those that came through in 2004 are carrying the flag. And essentially what it is is that we bring some of the best and the brightest um, of high school sophomores, um, but also some of the quietest and some of those who maybe don't feel like they fit in with their, their peers. And we bring them to, uh, today we bring them to Lipscomb University here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we give them an opportunity over a long weekend to 
learn about leadership, to experience different um, team-building activities and guest speakers who talk on an array, uh, array of subjects, from business to law to politics to public service, and we challenge them to go back to their communities, to go back to their high schools, and make a difference. And, for example, we've had a couple of students who have gone back and started recycling programs. They've started um, teen mom programs. They've started programs as simple as collecting crayons for children who are in the hospital. Mm. So it's a tremendous organization, and every year in July they have the World Leadership Congress in Washington, D.C., where each state gets to send um, students that were exemplary during the site, the, the seminar sites, and they get to represent the state in, in D.C. and have an even more tremendous opportunity on the national level. Oh, wow. Oh, so it goes well, all the way up to a, a, an organization that's, um, that's a national organization. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. And so that website is actually www.hoby.org. And anybody could get on that website, and again, it's very easily navigated, and you can find your your seminar site there in in your state or area, and see if they need volunteers or need help. Yeah, that um, that's a really good idea, um, especially to my Tallahassee uh, to my Tallahassee contingency listening. Hopefully, absolutely, <laughs> um, is to look into. Um, the, I have heard about it here in Florida. I just I haven't um I haven't seen where it's um active though. So but so there's a couple of good. yeah, there's a couple of sites there in Florida. So they'll have um they'll, uh, there may be three actually, but I know there's at least two. So they'll probably have a lot of opportunity to volunteer because it is an immense um undertaking to host uh hundreds of, of high school sophomores for a weekend on a college campus. So mm-hmm. They are. They will be very willing to take on more volunteers. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have you know Florida State University is here in Tallahassee, and you know it's enormous. It's an enormous university. It's. Uh, I went to the University of Tennessee undergrad, and it's it was about twenty five thousand, and they have about forty five thousand here. Right. It's, yeah. It's so I'm sure they would. They they would be well equipped to take on you know I mean Florida is such a huge state. It's the third mm-hmm. biggest. Third largest state in the union, so we're right. we would probably have a lot of sophomores. Yes, I, you would, I, and and I think that's why there's several sites there because um, yeah. it's, it's just it's too too many people to just have one seminar site. That's true, and I, I'm sure it's broken up maybe by North, Central, and and South Florida. That's how everything's broken up here. Right, right, <laughs> probably so. So, um, well, is there anything else that you would like to to just jump in and talk about? You know, I I you know I try to lead the interview, obviously, but I like to to let my guests uh, talk about what they want to talk about because it seems to make for a more interesting interview. So, if there's, um, I mean, you have so much on your resume, I didn't want to I didn't want to limit you. <laughs> I didn't want to limit well, you, but I, I wanted to I, talk about the things that seem right. important to you. Well, and I don't I don't feel limited at all. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about these three organizations that I've been heavily involved with and that have become kind of my three, you know, um trademark organizations presently. But um it's it's just important, you know, to me because I know you mentioned on the the website child advocacy and so forth. It's just important to me for people to really take on that helm 
and you know I was I was blessed to do some guardian ad litem work when I was in private practice in East Tennessee, and it really opened my eyes to the needs of children because the unfortunate part about um, today is that we really can't always trust that the parents are there for them. Yeah, and the we guardians should, are there for them. We should note what the Guardian at Lightroom program is because a lot of our listeners yes. may not know. Um, so why don't you go ahead since you, you were involved with it. Absolutely. It's basically a, a Guardian at Lightroom is a legal representative, a lawyer in Tennessee. That you have to be a lawyer to be a Guardian at Lightroom in Tennessee. I know it varies from state to state, but you are appointed by the court to solely represent the interests, the best interests of the children that are involved. And they could be involved in numerous different um, situa- legal situations, from ranging from divorce to, um, of course, child custody, but to also uh, what we call in Tennessee dependent neglect cases, and those would be kind of child abuse cases that would be referenced to each state's Department of Children's Services or a Department of the like, and essentially a guardian ad litem will step in and kind of get to know the child and evaluate the child's home life and the child's social life and interview the child and hopefully gain that trust that the child will hesitantly give over time and then establish a a, a way, a, a path that maybe things should proceed, and then that will be presented to the court. I don't know how it is in Florida, but in Tennessee, um, courts rely heavily on the re- recommendations of the guardian ad litem and mm-hmm. are really looked upon, guardian ad litems are looked upon very highly, held with in high regard. So um, it's a tremendous, tremendous program, and it's a tremendous way to help protect the children. And I fortunately got involved in in helping and speaking up for children long before I got into law school, and that was just strictly because of the pure luck of the family that I was raised in. My parents instilled that in me, and my aunt, you probably remember my aunt, Noreen Allen, she always told me during law school, she said, you have to be the voice for the children. And my grandmother was a community um, leader and and both my parents, Jim and Adeline Heider, have been community leaders and involved and have always put children first. So it kind of, if you know, it, it, I can say it kind of was just Im- embedded into my, my being <laughs> by my family, and it's so important, and that's what's so great about um, these organizations that I'm involved with because we put the children first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's so um, important. Yeah, um, I uh, I actually um, did some pro bono work where I represented um, a couple. Well, it was a couple in a divorce. It was really nasty, and they were they entered court order mediation, and I represented one of the parties, but the child wasn't represented uh, mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> it, they were still in mediation, and I just remember right. I remember going to bed that night, and all I could think about was that child because it was a really bad situation. <laughs> And my husband was like, you know, that it would be very hard for you to do this for a living. <laughs> you know, if I was a, if I was a family law a family lawyer, um, right, that would be really hard for me. Um, I did right. commercial. I did you know I did nice commercial law, environmental law, and land use law, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and a little exactly. bit of governmental law. And um, you know, I um, 
and it was very, very hard for me. I wanted to branch out and do something and, and, and you know, attend a mediation and be more um, involved in not just sitting behind my desk, but be more involved in, with the courts and stuff. Right, and, right. And all I could think about was just that, that child. And, you know, and, you know, as a lawyer, you have to think about your client, not yeah. necessarily what you want to think about. Exactly. So, so I just remember thinking that these guardian ad litems in, in, in Florida, anyone can. Make, I mean, they do a background check and all that on you, of course. But um, you don't have to be a lawyer to be a okay. guardian ad litem okay. here in Florida. And I think that's because Florida is so big with so many children. And I'm sure, yeah. Unfortunately, you hear about Florida a lot on the news, and a lot mm-hmm. of it involves children, and it's not good. And it's just it's just a very big state, and the bigger it gets, you know, the more people you need. So, um, I'm really I'm really proud of you, Cameron. I'm really proud to call you my friend. Um, well, thank you, thank you. You have, you have done so much with your with your life already, and you're already so young because you're only a year younger than me, and I'm that we're still very <laughs> <I know>. young. <laughs> we are very young. I have to remind myself that sometimes <laughs> we are still young. <laughs> uh, even if we remember the '90s well. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. We are still young. Well, I have one last question for you. Sure. Not a hard question, but it's, I call my show The Success Design. And that's because everybody has a different formula to make success in their lives. You know, I don't believe there's one way that you can, you know, be successful. You don't have to go to grad school or law school or med school or anything. It doesn't even have to do with education. Absolutely. It's about making your own, it's about making your own life. So, I want to know what's your success design. Well, I'm partially still trying to figure that out, but I think that's okay. Um, Absolutely. And maybe that maybe that's part of my success design. Um, I am continually learning, and that's what I love about life because there are some days that you wake up and you just don't want to face the world, and I've had my fair share of those. But the one thing that really resonates in me is that you know we're such a blip on the screen in the grand scheme of things and as I've said before I've referenced my family and I've been so fortunate to have a wonderful family but they've continually challenged me and um, told me and taught me how you've got to make a difference and I know it sounds almost cliche but really to establish that success design, as you call it, um, you have to have that passion and you have to have that, that desire and that goal set. And um, that's, that's what I try to do. Um, I, I really love to live life. I'm not always in the best moods because, as, you, as everyone knows, we, we have issues from work to life in general to just, you know, just trying to make it every day. And and you have to remember that when those moods hit you, you have to forge through. And so that's been my big um, MO, so to speak, is uh, to wake up every day and just forge through. Um, and in doing that and having a goal and having a passion and, and having the, the strength and ability to just forge through, I think essentially your, your design of success will will create itself and um that's that's always been my advice to people is you know let your let your passion shine through and and let your um your wants and your needs and and your 
moral basis and your beliefs all factor in to that passion and things will unfold as they are supposed to and um, I've been very lucky in my life but I've also had some hard knocks and as everyone um, and when I look back it's the hard knocks that kind of made me shift to another uh, another level of maturity and growth and, and success and um, and that's kind of the fun part of life you know it's you, you always sit back I remember being young and I was like oh gosh I, you know you, you think everything's just going to be easy and you're mm-hmm. like I don't want to face anything hard but you know, as you get older, you realize it's the hard stuff that really makes you who you are. So um, that's that's my design for success is just to, to accept it as it comes and have a passion and move towards the goal. You know, absolutely. I've, I've definitely learned a lot from the hard knocks in my life, too. Um, and I know what you're saying. Um, I know when we were in high school, we thought, we're going to be lawyers and mm-hmm. everything's going to be perfect. And <laughs> no, actually, things are going to be harder. Cause you exactly. Chose, you chose a really hard um, hard uh, field to go go into. But uh, just one last thing, because we were talking about it before this show came on the air. But tell us about living in Nashville and being this cosmopolitan life <laughs> Uh, let me see, what was it I saw on Facebook? A Jerry Springer photo <laughs> and getting to see well, all these cool celebrities. Yeah, well, that was obvious. That was during um, CMA Music Fest. I don't even know what it, they call it these days. When I was young and used to come to Nashville for it, we call it fanfare. And that's uh-huh. when you know all the country music stars are, are emerging <laughs> out of the woodwork downtown. And uh, Jerry Springer was the last person I expected to see <laughs> on the street corner across from my condo building. But he, he was there nonetheless doing his new uh, – supposedly he has a new game show or something. Um, but, it, it, you know, Nashville is a great city. It is so rich with history and, and music. And, you know, everybody says, oh, it's the country capital world, which it is. But it's also got some great artists and musical talents that far reach beyond country music. And so we have tons of live music venues. The downtown area is really up and coming. I'm fortunate enough to live um, downtown in a high-rise condo, which I absolutely love. Um, We have a great football team, the Titans, that I love to follow. And we have a great hockey team, the Predators. And um, and the, the beauty of Nashville is you can, you know, go on the outskirts of downtown and still be in some beautiful neighborhoods and beautiful areas with great food and great fun. And kind of referencing back to what I said earlier, this is a major philanthropic town. Mm-hmm. And um, there are events all the time, and I have a blast with those. And um, and it's a great arts town, too. We have a beautiful symphony center. The National Symphony is Grammy Award winning. Yeah, um, I would love have, to go to that. I've, I've heard it of that. Is, it is amazing, and we have a tremendous art center, the Tennessee Performing Arts Center, for which I was fortunate enough to serve as an intern on their board. Who They bring Broadway shows and tons of other talented plays and musicians and artists and comedians to town that, that's really just great for the, the economy and great for, for the people and, and really boosts the the knowledge and education of the arts in Nashville. So I I really have to say Nashville is one of the most versatile cities that I've ever encountered, and Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. Well, I wanted to give a plug to Tennessee because even though I moved moved to Georgia (laughs) first, I moved to Atlanta, and then I moved to Florida, 
uh, Jacksonville first and then Tallahassee. Right, um, I'm right. still a Tennessee girl. Yeah, always uh, a Tennessean. <laughs> absolutely. So um, when I when I had our friend Christy, you know, Yance Rock on our yes, show, on yes. the show she, I, I was like, I have to plug Elizabeth in it because you're still there, girl. <laughs> I was like, I have to, I have to say that you're from my hometown. I was like, I may exactly. have moved away, but I'm not, I'm not that far away. <laughs> Home is always where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I come home, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you never come home. And I come home two times a year. That's about yeah, all I can yeah. do with how busy I am. So Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to get home. I, I take some slack for that, too. And, and I live five hours away, and I only get home about two <laughs> times a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard. I mean, and, and you know, I have, a, I have a husband that works crazy hours you know with his he's a project manager and he does you know all kinds of stuff with the florida department of law enforcement which is the essentially the version of tbi but we right, can't call right. it we can't call it fbi exactly <laughs> in florida so we have to call it florida department of law enforcement <laughs> there you go <laughs> kind of funny that way <laughs> but um but anyways cameron well i'm going to go ahead and wrap up because i'm sure that you've got busy lawyer things to do <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, do I have to? I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm having fun talking to you on the phone. Definitely. <laughs> on the show, but um, hopefully for all the listeners out there, I get several several live listeners, and then I get a lot of replays. So, Cameron, be sure to promote the show on your replay. Absolutely. On the replay, you know, um, we'll get a lot more people to learn more about your very, very important causes, which I'm very grateful <laughs> you shared with me today. And some of our our fun banter as well. So yes, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I will go ahead and say um, thank you, Cameron, and goodbye. And I'll also end the show by saying that this is Beth Shankle Anderson, your host of the Success Design, wishing you a happy Wednesday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>